With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Drop, drop, drop a beat. Yes, this is Munich singing John Denver as one. This is awesome. This is literally happening. Listen to this. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles, the Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Long. Still to come, three-time Academy Award nominee Sylvester Stallone. From the new film Devotion, actor Glenn Powell. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air here on a Tuesday right in the middle of the month of November. I am back from Germany. Words I've never said. Um, And uh, thrilled to have Sylvester Stallone on this program. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes time. The actor Glenn Powell from uh, the movie Hidden Figures and um, Top Gun Maverick and his new movie Devotion. Um, He's going to be joining us in studio hour number three. And I am already doing ab work. Uh, in advance of that, <laughs> um, that's uh, that's how we got uh, uh, nice. everything set up uh, here on this program. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you some stories before uh, Glenn joins us in studio about my uh, my time in Germany. Haven't uh, gotten too deep into what happened with the Raiders and the Colts just yet. We'll do that later on in the program. Uh, having seen the Buccaneers up close and personal, folks, um, Are they back. Um, I, I they they looked like a terrific football team. They looked like the team that that can stop the run and can run on you, and Tom Brady's got weapons galore. That's what it looked like to me. Um, And the Seattle Seahawks coming in, I really believe that they would win that game, and they've got a lot of belief in that locker room despite how they played on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Buffalo Bills. The Green Bay Packers beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Washington Commanders beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And those are just three games that tell me something about this league through 10 weeks and 10 weeks ago after the Buffalo Bills beat the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi just up the 405 from the Rich Eisen Show studio. I thought to myself, well, my preseason beliefs about the Buffalo Bills just got crystallized. I don't think there's anybody that can compete with them. Of course, that was back in the day when I really thought the Raiders could win the AFC West. (laughs) So what I could see in this league after 10 weeks, even though you could say the fact that the Chiefs sitting here in the AFC West ruling that roost considerably after the 49ers 
took care of the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday Night Football, that the Chiefs look like the team from last year more than anybody else in the AFC. Anybody else. Performing from year to year in the manner that folks didn't think they could because Tyreek Hill left. Outside of that, this whole damn league is so unpredictable right now. The whole thing is up in the air. If you name half the league, you could make a really good case that they could win the Super Bowl. If you think that's a little too much, then you could, let's go down to a third of it. The Bills can win the Super Bowl. The Dolphins can win the Super Bowl. I still think the Bengals can come out of nowhere. There's always a team that can go from five and four or five and five or four and five and six and four, what have you, win it all. You could say the Eagles can win the Super Bowl. The 49ers can win the Super Bowl. The Bucks can win the Super Bowl. The Vikings sure can win the Super Bowl. The Titans is when you begin to get in that gray area. The Ravens can win the Super Bowl. I mean, my Jets still need to prove a few things. The Giants, the Giants are definitely the most overlooked seven and two team I I can remember. But they're seven and two. The Giants are in second place, and so are the Jets, entering Week Eleven. I actually like the Giants better than Jets, Patriots, uh, uh, Titans, just because of the stability at quarterback. Nathan Jones has been really good this year. The Titans are just that team that always beats you when you think that they're really they tough. have no shot. They're really tough, and Derrick Henry is a huge X factor. Even though he hardly did a darn thing against the Broncos. Yeah. And they're really well coached. And Mike Vrabel is really good. Seahawks can win the Super Bowl. Mm. And you can say, oh, you say everything that you want, man. Mm. Say everything that you want. They, Say it all. They can. Say it all. I think they can. They're six and four. I like them better than Titans, Jets, Patriots. I like this them. Be- I like them better than the Bengals too. Actually, open. This thing is wide open. The year the Giants won the Super Bowl. Either one of those years, Week Eleven. You're saying the Giants win the Super Bowl. You, you make that noise too. Uh, I don't know. Cowboys. Yeah, you you Cowboys yeah. can win the Super Bowl. Hey, it's Week Eleven. And this thing is wide open. Cowboys, good defense, good run game. And I thought the Bills would be that dominant team start to finish. Good luck trying to beat them. Injuries happen to everybody. And Josh Allen is being way too careless. Mm -hmm. I think he's, again, as I said at the top of the show, doing too much. This is maybe their middle of the season swoon. Just like the Rams had last year. Just like the Bucs had. I mean, it was funny. I forget who said this in our meetings with the Bucks. Somebody said we were five and five the year that we won the Super Bowl, so we could be five and five with a win this week. And then we all kind of looked again in the room with each other. Me, Kurt, and the whole crew. We looked at each other. Mooch like, were they five and five? We looked it up. They were seven they were and seven five. Seven and five. Yeah. After they lost they to KC, so they weren't five and five. They were actually seven and three. Lost two in a row. Mm-hmm including one to Kansas City, to go to 7-5. and five. And that was when Rome was like, I don't know, Jim, maybe they're going to be back here together. And they were <laughs> in Raymond James, you know. And and um, that's why you can't sit here and go – that's why you can't sit here and say a 6-4 and four team is got no shot. Or a 4-5-1 team. 
Oh, man, the Colts. <laughs> so uh, that's the way I'm looking at this league. It's wide open. And I had I had the Bills over the Bucks, and and still in play, still in play, still in play, still in play. You know, I better than my Raiders pick. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the program. I didn't get a shot at this on Monday. You did it with Kirk Morrison. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, it was was Monday. (laughs) You're doing. I I I know. But it was uh, Rich. We had to give the people what they wanted, though. That's true. The people you're here or not. I'm here, and I want to overreact to stuff. You know, the disrespect is real. The disrespect (laughs) is real. The ship still has to sail, whether the captain's here or not. Let's do overreaction Tuesday. Let's go. Hit it. Let's Hit it. That was terrible. That, that was, was crap. crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction. Can we calm down? Tuesday. <laughs> oh, wow. Tuesday. What a, what a drop. All right, Christopher, what do you got? All right, we got a five-pack, Rich. Hey, let's just start with it. Uh, we hit on this yesterday, but I want to hit on it right now as well. Hey, look. Jeff Saturday can coach, man. Led by Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan. The Colts are making the playoffs. As I said in hour one. And as I said last week when Saturday took the job, and I said the first thing he needs to tell Jim Irsay is we're playing Matt Ryan. And you're like, absolutely. And I'm like, well, everything I'm hearing is that if he gets hurt, they're on the hook for a ton of money next year, and they're never going to do that. And that's why they benched him in the first place, that this season's over. We need to see what's going on with the kid. I have no idea there should be a 30 for 30 on why Sam Ellinger started and how Frank Reich (laughs) ate it. And so did the offensive coordinator in between both of those headlines. But the most, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, in my estimation, in the long run. Obviously, if they win it, it, it's significant. But Saturday has already made the most significant contribution to the Colts this year. Was going into Jim Irsay, I'm assuming, and saying, hey, you hired me. You took me from my house. Okay, you, you took me from get upset. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no longer getting up anymore. You know, whenever they call me on whatever, you know, uh, of their NFL shows, you took me from the the sideline of high school football coaching, and I'm now the face of you know, um, uh, of, of overprivilege. I, I'm, I'm getting hammered by Everybody. you know Joe Thomas and Bill Cower. This is in advance. He just he, he knew he was in the crosshairs. And he said, you want to win? Give me Matt Ryan back. Whatever the reason why Matt Ryan is benched, that's done. done. <laughs> I spoke to the guys in the locker room. I spoke to Matt. He's ready. Like, you got to give it to me. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he, can, he can look the, you know, his boss in the face and tell him what he needs. And then the guys... Obviously, follow him and believe in him. They have no choice. But right now, it's about all those guys in the locker room. It's not about Saturday anymore. It's about those guys in the locker room, and he's he's empowering them. Certainly helps to have Jonathan Taylor back healthy and Matt Ryan running free for 39 yards <laughs> on was, a third and four. That was insane. So... That was That's my take on that. that. What else, Chris? Okay, Rich. Uh, you just mentioned them a minute ago. The NFC East is insane. But the Giants are the most complete team in the NFC now, East. Now, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Come on now, man. Who they beat? Come on. Come on. I, I, I love Saquon. I think he should finish top five MVP voting. If, you know, I, I think he should be in this conversation. Um, 
and I, I love their coach, but I, I don't know a, a single, a single I, and I like their defense. I That's why it. they're complete. They don't need Come superstars, on, Rich. I would take the Eagles wide receiving core over the Giants wide receiving core. I'd take the Cowboys receiving core with CeeDee Lamb over the Giants receiving core. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to go complete team. Danny Dimes. I, had Daniel, I, would, I would take Jalen Hurts over Danny Dimes. I think fill it up. Don't let's not take the cheese from one Monday Night Football <laughs> loss. It just shows you you can't play What's seventeen. The name of the segment. I got it. <laughs> so I'm not going to overreact. That's an overreaction. All right. What else? Uh, the Bills. We still like the Bills, right? You're not quitting the Bills. I'm not quitting the Bills. All right, no. they're going to have to go on the road wild card weekend. Oh my gosh. I don't know, man. The Bills have already beaten Miami. No, they lost to Miami. Uh, no, they 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 lost to Baltimore. The Bills no, they no, beat Baltimore, Baltimore right bad. They, they, that's right. They they, um, they they lost to Miami on the road. That's right. Yeah, and the Jets and the Vikings. Road game, no playoff games in Buffalo. I, I I I'm um, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna deny that's a possibility. I don't want to say they missed the playoffs, but I'm not gonna so. miss the playoffs. What Get do you mean? Out of here! You just said it's week eleven. Anything could happen. They're not gonna miss the playoffs. What that if they have happening. to go to Keenum? Buffalo is going to have Cleveland at home next. They're at Detroit on Thanksgiving. Then there's that game in New England on Thursday night to kick off week 13, but that's a full complement of rest. They're home for the Jets, and I think they're going to have some business for them right there. And then there's that that all-important game against Miami in week 15. It is going to be cold. Yeah, they're not missing the playoffs, but I think it's entirely possible that they, um, they have to go on the road. I mean, they have lost to the Jets. Jets might sweep them. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. What else? That's, of, that's totally in the realm. That's let's not stay, let's stay in the AFC East. Man, this is crazy. Two is the MVP right now. Two is the MVP. Now, the MVP through 10 weeks is Patrick Mahomes. I would give him the, the, the trophy right now. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I would give Mahomes the, the award right now. Those guys are 1-2 in Vegas right now. But Tua's two now of, number two. Dude. Past Josh Allen. I'm just so glad that I called him elite three weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that looked like money. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. And I just hopefully he'll get saltier and saltier. Now then, can you put up the schedule? Because, again, while calling him elite, as I did three really weeks ago, we pegged this yeah. three weeks ago as well. It is the from here on out. That where the rubber meets the road. Yes, they have a game against Houston coming off their bye. But it's after that three in a row on the road. I guess, are they going to be hanging out here on, on the West Coast? I imagine they're not going to go fly back to Miami in between the game at San Francisco and then up the road here against the Chargers and SoFi. Yeah. And then they're at Buffalo. Three in a row on the road. The home game against Green Bay on Christmas Day is no longer the homecoming one would think after we saw the Packers wake up. At New England, they're home for the Jets. Which, by the way, again, the Jets could sweep them too. So it's that. It's it's that six-game stretch. It's that six-game stretch. If they go 4-2 and and two is just still lighting it up, then you have to really consider him as the most valuable player of the NFL. Because they'll have 12 wins. They'll be 12-5. and 
But there's still Mahomes playing like Mahomes, Mahomes man. And, and I can't wait for Henry Winkler to see him in person this coming Sunday night. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're making dreams come true for the Fonz, bro. And <laughs> we are. Hey. Yeah, we are. Right? All right, last one, Rich. You just saw them play in person. And Gene Cousineau as well. And G, yeah, Gene okay. Cousineau, of course. You just saw them play in person, Rich. Sorry to say the Seahawks have begun to turn back into no, a pumpkin. No, 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 no. They just ran into a really good veteran team that got hot in the final 44 seconds of their game against the Rams and brought it to Germany with them. I'm not going to say that yet. The Seahawks are going to be fine. They have to beat the 49ers when they see them on that Thursday night to kick off week 15 because way back in week two when Trey Lance broke his leg to end his season, it was against Seattle. And Jimmy G got that dub for them in week two. So it's all going to come down to that game. And Seattle is still a really talented young team that bounced around. They have a really good energy to them. They just ran into a Tampa team that is playing really good football right now. After they're by, they're home for Vegas. Come on, man. They're at the Rams, home for Carolina. I think they're going to get a nice head of steam into that home game against San Francisco. And it's their last three games at Kansas City, home for the Jets, home for the Rams. You know, I think the the U-Haul might be backed up for the Rams in the Week 18 game. I like Seattle. So, I'm not ready to (laughs) throw them aside like you are right now. Overreaction Tuesday, baby. Well done. You're back. Outstanding. We're back. You know what? It's. I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm in the alleyway, just chasing a rooster. So what's up? Is that it? That's it. Yeah. That's be it. a dangerous man, Rich. I think is he overplaying that drop these days? A little no. bit. A no. little bit. It's just like every time we bit. do a segment, we hear that. Yeah, a little bit. Never say never, but never. Okay, that that that's evergreen. Say now hey, you're back. Say. Now you're back, Mike. I'm sorry. It's a, It's okay. <laughs> It's okay. We give you full full reign to to drop whatever you know drop you want to drop. Am I reading this right? That's always a good. That's one. the one. Okay. That meant I'm nothing done. right there. I'm that done. meant absolutely. I was I'm apropos saying, of nothing. Reading, I don't know what the hell that meant. I'm reading the room. We're OD right now. We're over dropping. I'm over dropping. Sylvester Stallone, baby. Let's do it. I mean, first of all, Rich, you had a joke about a chicken in the alleyway, and it was funny. And it, it was just, about to make it. And it I know, it, and then he dropped Ed O'Neill. Just hit it. I know. I don't know. You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. Well, <laughs> the man is in Tulsa King now, and I cannot wait to uh, play this interview for you. Sylvester Stallone, when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before I left for Germany. I mean, this is one of the last things I did before leaving It for was Germany. the last thing you did. Interviewing Sylvester Stallone. Come on now. Here it is, brought to you by our friends at Audible. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show is none other than the great Sylvester Stallone, whose new show, Tulsa King, is now available on Paramount+. Plus. It premiered this past Sunday, and new episodes will drop weekly every single Sunday. How are you, sir? I'm very good. I'm, you know, it's nice to be able to talk about something you don't have to lie about. It's, not, it's, it's pretty good. It's really good. Uh, and is that your show or sports or what? What, what are we not lying no, about? on this on this particular date? It's the show. It's the show. It's also King. Terrific. And um, so why uh, why this show and why now? You know, it's very hard, Rich, to find anything unusual. But, you know, you've been around as long as I have. I mean, my God. To come up with a unique idea so they took actually a variation of an idea fish out of water mafioso gang guy who really went to jail kept his mouth shut for 25 years expecting to be rewarded and instead he's chastised he's punished he's sent into exile in tulsa where they basically expect him to disappear but instead, he's, his name is the general. He's an organizer. He's not a thug. And he starts building this whole infrastructure with cowboys, Indians, you know, guys wearing flip-flops, Weegians. I mean, this whole, I'd say, bouillabaisse of humanity. And he eventually built a new family there. And it has a lot of comic overtones. Of how do you start over at 76 years old, a stranger in a strange land? So the audience travels with him and sees the entire show unveiled before their very eyes. Well, I got to tell you, I, uh, I, I was going to bring up the comedic aspect of it because I did find myself laughing out loud at some of your lines in the opening episode and how you handled your business in this episode. And, and I'll be honest as well. I know Terrence winners is behind this along right. with Taylor Sheridan. There, right. there is, there is some Tony Soprano sort of humor 
that I'm seeing in this thing here. I think you have to. I I was very fearful that they wanted to have actually at the original concept. He was kind of a thug. He went out there and just kicked butt. And I go, that's not the way it would work. He would last about an hour before these cowboys took him somewhere and hung him. He has to be an organizer. He's a charmer. He he ingratiates himself to people. And before you know it, he's in their lives and they're actually doing better. That's the whole point. He's not taking from them. He's saying, look, let me show you how to really run this business. And it's working out. And uh, I, I, like exactly. I said, uh, I, I really enjoyed the first episode and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to so much more Sylvester Stallone and, and Tulsa you. King here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. And we'll, we'll circle back to it before we, we finish up. But uh, I'm, you know, talking to you um, for me, uh, having been a fan of yours for so long is it's pretty cool, man. I'll be very honest. And and uh, obviously the movie Rocky for a show like mine is directly up the alley of the sports slash pop culture. Right, fan. Right. And so uh, is it true that this film was based off of a Muhammad Ali fight? with Chuck Wepner. Is that how you, you first, it first came to you, an idea there, Sylvester? Let me be totally transparent, as they say. Rocky Marciano was the basis for the film. Mm -hmm. But considering the majority of people don't, unless you're really a fan of boxing, you know, he, he quit in 1953, 54. So when I went to pitch it to the studio, I said, Rocky Marciano, they go, who? <laughs> so just... As fate would have it, they had the Ali Wepner fight, perhaps two or three months before, and they made a big deal out of the fact that someone stepped up someone's toe and he fell down, but it looks like the underdog knocked him down. So right away, they, it gave credence and validity that the underdog can, for a moment, have this bright, shining, you know, unexpected, like, well, I don't even worry. It's just a magical era. Like he's, he was now part of something. He's part of legend. He'll like Chuck Wepner, you just remember that. That's, that's what he takes away. But he can live off of that and for the rest of his life. But the real thing was Marciano because we're the same size. I mean, the fact that he had a 68-inch reach was unbelievable. And he was that kind of fighter, like a rocky fighter. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't big. He was underwhelming. That's what made him so unique. And he started fighting at 22 years old. It's unbelievable. So what caused you as a, uh, a guy in getting started out in a career like, you know, I'm going to sit down and write this and make this and make it sort of a mission for, for you, like what, what caused you to, to come up with this concept of Rocky? Celeste? I thought that I was very, very frustrated, like most people are with their lives, because I think the, the, the concept of actually going all the way and becoming a champion is a rare one. And it's, it's not really validated by much success. Most people, all they want is an opportunity to take a shot at the golden ring. And if they fail, they say, well, at least I tried. I had that moment. But when you're not get, you don't receive that moment, you're not afforded that privilege of competing and showing what you have, you live a very frustrated life. And that's the way I was living. One, as an actor, I was not being taken seriously or as a writer or as anything else. And I thought, well, no one really cares about an out-of-work actor, but boxing, the sport itself is such a metaphor for life. 
because it really is about getting up, taking the beating, going forward, uh, overcoming your fears, this and that. So I use that metaphor and the embodiment of Rocky to basically tell everyone's story. So uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Carl Weathers a couple of years ago. Um, is Rocky a sports movie in your estimation? Never. No, no, not even close. And I used to get so upset when I said, oh, it's like Hoosiers. I said, no, it's not like Hoosiers or anything else. It's a love story about a broken down, unexciting fighter who's actually lost more than he's won. The whole point is once you find a goal or some, an object, an ideal to fight for, like a family, for example, you fight much harder than you would if you're doing it on your own. You realize you have all these other people dependent on you. So until he finds love, he goes, wow. And then all of a sudden, everyone barnacles on him. They realize their entire lives are now joined together. And this fella here is going to give some credence and value to their very existence. So that's what the whole thing is about. Without Adrian, there's no Rocky, period. It's interesting. Carl said the same thing, that it's a love story. But he said it's a love story between Rocky and Apollo Creed was his answer on that one. Was Carl, I think Carl was drinking that day. <laughs> no, he just, I guess he was talking about no. the whole arc, obviously, of, of, of yeah. your characters, right? But that's Yeah, I mean, I like Carl's cologne and everything, but we're not having a love story here. <laughs> no, you, you, I, I, it, was, it was just a, a, an, an answer again that it is not a sports movie, you know, that no, it is not. No, 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 no. Rich. There's probably six and a half minutes of actual boxing. Yeah, it does he train, but the sports is completely secondary. It's not about winning. Okay, we're going to pull together. It's not remember the Titans at all. Matter of fact, he doesn't even care if he wins. He just wants to go the distance. That's it. His goal, which I think all people you know, subjectively have, I just want to make it through my life, take care of my kids, pay my taxes, go on a few vacations and say, yeah, I did it. I ended up on my feet. And that's what the objective and the message was. Do you got a good Burgess Meredith story? How he got involved? What's your, what's your favorite one? I did. Burgess, first of all, the director was asking all these people to read. Burgess Meredith had been acting for 40 years. And I, my original choice was Lee J. Cobb. And he came in and he goes, oh, I can't wait to do this thing. I go, really? Oh, fantastic. Then the director goes, well, you need to audition. He goes, excuse me? Lee J. Cobb like, on the waterfront? And well, the only you. one yeah. who did it was, because everyone else was insulted. Like, how dare you? We've done 110 films. All these other actors. But Burgess stepped up and he did it. He had been nominated, Rich, the year before. I mean, he's really an accomplished actor. But the worst thing was he finally gets the part. And I tell him, in a perfect world, Burgess, I, if we get to chapter three, you have to pass away. <laughs> what? He goes, well, I said, you, you're telling me I'm gonna, you're going to hire me, but I'm going to die later on. I go, that's the joke, unfortunately, because we, I have to carry the torch on and you're going to be a dramatic lever to promote, to, to push the story much more in an emotional direction. He goes, I refuse to die. And he goes, and he said, I'm leaving early today because I have a dog food commercial to do. And that way I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick around and die. I said, you're not leaving to do your dog food commercial and you're going to, sorry, you're taking a 10 count. You're out, pal. Going down. But he did not want to die. 
He goes, that's it. I reassure you. Like, you have to. He goes, put me in a wheelchair. Put me in a coma. I said, I'm sorry. And you know the truth is, Rich? I wish I had. Really? I wish I could. Yes, because I could never replace him. If you saw, I kept bringing him back as a ghost and everything right. else. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish I'd kept him around and just had him kind of like that, an invalid, but he's still in the game. And I think that would have also, uh, you know, would have brought another aspect to the audience. I said, wow, okay, so you've lost this use of this, but you're still providing knowledge and support. Well, I, and it's really amazing what it has become and what it means for the city of Philadelphia yeah. and the sports world as well. I mean, the NFL met, right. had a draft there a few years ago on the steps of the art museum. They they had to move your statue, right? I mean, they, they moved it, but they, but it was the most, I'm telling you, Sylvester, it was the most visited spot of the entire NFL draft, people going up to that statue. And then obviously Philadelphia Eagles game starts and you, yeah. you, you've riled up crowds there as well. Did you ever think that, you know, that no. you're, you're going to be part of the Philadelphia sports scene forever? More, no, even though Rich, I, literally that, we, I, that was made as, you know, a proper Rocky three, even though it was made by a very, very uh, respected sculptor, sports sculptor, Robert Schoenberg. But did I ever think it was going to be a flashpoint or some tourist attraction? Never. But the mere fact that they took the statue and put it at the bottom of the steps off to the side, I think it's perfect because Rocky, he does, he's, his kind of character belongs at the bottom of the steps. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. He, it's yeah. more inspirational down there than at the top. And the Eagles are undefeated in the NFL season. How about this? You know? about, I'm afraid to go to one of their games because oh. I went to one of their games. Uh, I went to the first game. At, I guess it was the, the new the new yeah. stadium. I was there that night, and you were right. We were in the town. People were going crazy. I was there that night. Yeah. And they lost, and I know they blame me. So <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, Tampa Bay was in big that Rocky. Oh, Rocky got knocked out. Oh, I kind that. I said I'm yeah. never going back ever to a game when they're really undefeated. Like if they were one and nine, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Well, that's the Rocky story, right? I mean, that's the yeah, Rocky exactly story. Right. That's the comeback. <laughs> I'm not jinxing anybody. That's the comeback. So, again, Tulsi King it premiered this past Sunday. New episodes drop weekly on Sundays exclusively on uh, on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, right. It is just a, it's a great show, a, a red-hot, obviously, showrunner and, uh, and writer as well. So congratulations on that uh, moving forward. Thank you, Lester. Thank you very much. Hey, before I let you go, um, we had Martin Cove, the actor here, uh, to yeah. know Cobra Kai the other day. And I asked him, tell me your favorite Sylvester Stallone story. And he told a story about your politeness in an Acapulco disco led to a fist fight that had nothing yes. to do with you. Do you want yes. to tell your end of that story, Sylvester? No, I don't. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, Martin Cove was such a gutsy guy. He's the first actor I met standing on a, a street corner. There's a fellow walking around who supposedly in a Viking helmet, begging on a, a giant guy, a Viking. They used to call him Moon Dog. Uh -huh. And I walk up and there I see this other guy going, hey, how you doing? How you doing? What do you think about this, this jerk here? I go, yeah, let's check. And we started talking about Moon Dog, and that, little did I know that he would become a lifelong friend. Yep, and he he told a story, and um, it was it was quite an interesting one. So I just figured you'd give your 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 end of it. It had nothing to do with you, he said. So you're no. you know very good, Sylvester Stallone. Thank you for the time. Uh, if you're ever here, you know in uh, L.A., um, want to come in and 
chat some more. I would love to go over your career a little bit more. And congrats on Tulsa King. Anytime. My pleasure. Appreciate that. That's Sylvester Stallone, Tulsa King. Check it out on Paramount Plus, which you can see right here on Roku. And also the author of Sly Moves and the host of the Sylvester Stallone podcast on Audible. And today's interview is sponsored by Audible. Audible is where you'll find the best stories on sports and entertainment. It's the home of storytelling. Listening to audiobooks, originals, and podcasts, including this one, The Rich Eisen Show. Sign up for free at, for a free 30-day trial at audible.com. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. When we come back, the most surprising win of week number 10. I know what the poll results said. I have no earthly idea what is the matter with those listeners and viewers of this particular audience. But we're talking about that. When we come back, I can't believe this happened when we return. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Know your numbers. That's what NetSuite wants you to do because in this day and age, businesses that don't know their numbers are definitely on the short end of the stick. But there's over 31,000 businesses that do have the confidence and clarity that they need to succeed because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system that gives you visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, what are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash richradio right now. 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. So, do so at netsuite.com slash richradio. netsuite.com slash richradio. It was the huge conversation um, amongst everybody that went from America to Germany, from the NFL. I mean, you saw anybody from with anything to do with the NFL, it's like, can you believe the Colts hired Jeff Sattery? That's all. I mean, honestly, that was the conversation. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, Joe Thomas, after getting out of his lederhosen that he wore to the Hofbrau house on Thursday night, he went all in on it on Friday's game day. uh, I mean, good morning football. 
I mean, Bill Cower on Sunday on CBS. Has he stopped Ooh. crying yet? He was really. He was passionate. Well, man. I mean, he was. He was the. He was the chin. He was getting it done, man. Yeah. And yeah, he was all in on how this is uh, an affront to coaching. What do you call it? A disgrace to the profession. Is that what he called it? Mm-hmm. And I, again, extreme. I understand why there are many coaches who feel like this is a rare opportunity for any human being to get. Let alone a white guy who'd never done it before at any level above high school. And that's part of the reason why I totally feel for Jeff Saturday. Because what's he supposed to do? Tell Jim or say no? And and then you hear that he he turned down opportunities to join the staff as an assistant. And then he says yes to the head coaching job. And that is, again, another affront to many coaches because, oh, so you don't want to grind it out. You just want to go... Don't pass go go directly to head coach. Is that is that and and honestly, what are you what's the guy supposed to do? No, don't want to do it. <laughs> I guess what Dwight Franey came on this show and spoke to um, Tom Pelissero. Right. I saw that video that he he basically said he would have turned it down. Is that what he said? He would have hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. What he said, I know. I'm just saying, I don't know. If, but but again, maybe he doesn't he want to coach that. though. Maybe he has no desire to coach. Yeah, I mean, Reggie yeah. Wayne's out there grinding. Uh, Dwight probably doesn't want to do that. But I'll tell you what, man. What he did clearly all week long is he identified a kid on the staff that had never called a play before, who Frank Reich thought the world of, and Parks Frazier, 30 yeah. years old, Parks and said, you're calling, you're calling plays. And he must have, like, tapped every single guy on the shoulder and had a conversation with him or brought in a sensibility and an energy what these guys were saying that caused him to buy in. Now, it helps to have a running back like Jonathan Taylor healthy. It does. And it certainly helped that, again, I still don't understand how Matt Ryan goes from benched in mothballs, I mean, we had Zach Kiefer of The Athletic coming on saying he costs so much money next year if he gets hurt this year and to the point where the Colts will never play him again. And somehow, some way, Jeff Saturday, like, screw it. Whatever, <laughs> whatever impediment there was to Matt Ryan ever suiting up for the Colts again, poof, went away. And to that, I say, kudos to him. Kudos to him. Now, the NFL is a week-to-week league in in the stuff that we talk about here. And we, you know, buy in and overreact and say, this is now the way it's going to be because it was that way once in one week, right? (laughs) Yep. You know, we say that a lot. Yeah, because it's fun. And... The Indianapolis Colts, next up, they have a particularly good team that is particularly ornery because they just lost for the first time all year. The Colts' next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at home before there's a Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then a game at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night if it stays that way before a bye week, late bye week, and then at Minnesota, home for the Chargers on a Monday night. 
at the Giants on a New Year's Day and then home for Houston to wrap things up. So there's a lot of games that they're going to have to, you know, buy in. Matt Ryan's going to have to stay upright and things are going to have to go their way. And Jeff Saturday may have to make some decisions on when to challenge and when to call timeouts that did not crop up in this week. And I say this with the ultimate of wishing I didn't have to. (laughs) But they played a team that is in total, complete, apparent disarray. This says it all. This paragraph from an ESPN story, I tweeted it out because it is so remarkable. And I have to read it verbatim because this describes the Las Vegas Raiders in a complete nutshell. Their last three weeks... And this is a team that, as we all know, started 0-3, rebounded, and then has totally devolved again. Another three-game losing streak. Here you go. The Raiders got off to an 0-3 start, and after winning two of three, they have lost their past three games in dispiriting fashion, getting shut out by the Saints and former coach Dennis Allen, blowing a 17-0 lead, their third such defeat of the season to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then the lost Sunday to the Colts. Here you go. Indianapolis had a coach who had never coached above the high school level in Jeff Saturday, an offensive coordinator who had never called plays in the NFL before in Parks Frazier, and a 37-year-old quarterback who had been benched earlier this season in Matt Ryan. Does that say it all or what? (laughs) You can't make this up. You can't make up what I just read. Now... I don't know what the hell's happening there. And you got to wonder what the hell's happening there. Derek Carr could not have been more emotional after losing this game. And why not? Because they just lost to a team that fired its coach, hired somebody that has turned the entire NFL upside down about it. Everybody's twisted sideways. A kid who had never called a single play before in his life at the NFL level, calling the plays. And Matt Ryan who is an iron deer on the front lawn, down four on a third down, runs untouched 39 yards. It's like, where's anybody to chase this guy down? He looked like me running the 40. (laughs) We should time that out. Who was faster? Oh, somebody already did that. Oh, really? Yes. But it's not a straight line. He beat me. 40 yards is 40 But it's still, it's just like, where is the defense? This was Derek Carr after the game. I love love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, They've had nothing but success, you know. Way more success than I've ever had, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, sorry. To finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice what we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort, 
pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we could be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about mm. this place. Mm. And as a leader, that pisses me off. Man. If I'm being honest. Man. Yeah, that's the part and that this got is me. The, it's the thing that I, it hits me so hard. This is the guy who last year led the team when John Gruden got fired out of the blue and when Henry Ruggs killed somebody in a car accident, drunk driving. And he was the one who held things together with Rich Bisaccia, the interim head coach. And for whatever reason, the owner of the team decides to let's just blow it up and start new. And Josh McDaniels has to be the one to to be the guy on the seat. Because it's on his watch that things have devolved. I mean, I know Mark Davis, the owner, gave him a vote of confidence saying Rome wasn't built in a day. But Rome was on its way to being built last year. You had the Coliseum. (laughs) You know. The Forum. To use a Vegas phrase. Mm. You know. It was going in the direction, and now it's totally devolved. And Josh Jacobs is having a hell of a year. I have no idea what's going on there. And I thought this team had all the makings to win the division, and they have fallen apart, and they have broken Derek Carr. This is the guy who was just like, I'm the emotional rock, climb on my back, and now they're 2-7, and week 10, and he's saying this? Easily the most disappointing team in the NFL. Clubhouse leader. Uh, I'm going to see him on on Christmas Eve against the Steelers. I have no idea what they're going to look like on that day. But right now, man, I I feel for Derek Carr. That's for damn sure. Glenn Powell coming up in hour number three. I, I, I know that, again, the owner is just like vote of confidence. He gave them a vote of confidence by giving them the whole shooting match. I know you're sitting there saying, you know, pull the trigger because oh, I want you get, you get yeah. your, uh, the Patriots would have a new offensive coordinator within the week. Yeah, we can, we're in the playoffs yeah. right now. Let's yeah. go. You'll offset some of that. Kraft will offset some of those dollars to Mark Davis. Gladly, I will, go. I will donate some. I'm sure Josh McDaniels doesn't want that. I don't know what the hell happened. I honestly don't the hell going on? get it. And Devontae Adams also said that he likes Josh McDaniels, that They've both fronted their comments with yeah. don't take this as blaming the coach, but if there's some guys on the team that aren't buying in, then the coach needs to reach them because you know what? Jeff Saturday did in five days. In five days, he did. Yep. Everybody buying in in five days, and it's been nine weeks of games, and the people in Vegas aren't completely bought in. I don't get it and you look ahead to week 11 it's a loser leaves town match denver and vegas play each other dude two disappointing teams i think both ships have sailed there both ships have sailed there i i don't i don't understand how the hell that happened because there's a lot of talented guys in that room and winners in that room they won last year and now they cannot i mean they have the same number of losses now as they did all last year 
Shrug emoji. 